0: Welcome to another episode of Epic Albums. I'm Greg Potter. I'm Mike Jemma. Alex Efkov. Alex is our new uh, member of the team here. Great addition, by He's the on way. a Great second addition. show with us now. Yeah, it's good to have you on board. Um, so welcome. We're hitting another uh, album today, and uh, it uh, took us a little while to get here. I, th- I kind of expected we would have been doing this a while ago, but... Uh, <laughs> it took I'm, a little bit. I'm glad we're here. Um, we're going to hit a Beatles album today.
1: I'm excited about this one because Alex and I, for a very long time, we've been close-minded on the Beatles. We've tried to give them a chance in the past. And we're like, ah, I don't know. And I, I just don't see it. But after this week, after giving this album a listen, we said, okay, we we, we made a mistake. These guys are incredible. <laughs> These guys are great.
0: Yeah, that, that's fun to hear. We were just having a discussion here in the studio before we went on the air about uh, the Beatles and younger generations, and I'm 50 years old, so I've been listening to the Beatles for... 40 years. I started listening actually longer than that 45 years. I started listening to the Beatles when I was about five years old. So, wow, I've uh, heard these albums front, back, backwards, <laughs> forwards, and yeah. uh, everything else. But we were talking a little bit. I hear, you know, folks from uh, younger generations who sometimes kind of dismiss the Beatles a little bit because uh, it feels like dated or it feels like older music to them or been there, done that kind of thing. There have been lots of artists who've come and gone that have done similar kinds of things but uh we were just talking about how it's you know historically significant right to go back and kind of examine and and look at this so i'm glad that you guys are seeing the the value definitely we definitely saw it for sure yeah. i mean we listened to it this week it honestly it changed our lives we went we listened to revolver i mean we okay. went
2: to listen to sergeant pepper even the white Album. i mean everything that they had we just we started diving into them yeah i feel like we had to we couldn't this. stop either we just we <laughs> kept going
0: yeah they're Incredible. That's great. That's great. It reminds me of uh, my experience when I was like five years old and just went off the deep end, but we'll we'll get to that. So yeah. the album that we're talking about today is uh, Abbey Road. Yes. Um, the last album that they recorded together as a band. So uh, yeah. Mike, you got some background for I us do. on Abbey Road?
1: So Abbey Road, like you said, last album recorded together as a group. Um, it was their 11th studio album at, at the time, released on September 26, 1969 in the UK, then October 1st in the US. Obviously, iconic album cover, the four members crossing a zebra crossing in the UK outside of Abbey Road Studios, hence Abbey Road Album. Um, During this time, Paul was talking to, obviously, iconic producer for the Beatles, George Martin, and he was saying, I want to get back to making albums the way we used to, the group meeting up in the studio, because during that time, there was a lot of tension in the band. You know, guys were thinking about going off and doing their own thing. And they were uncertain if they were even going to do this album together again, you know. And like you said, it was the last time they really sat down and did an album together. Um, and George Martin said, yeah, we could do the studio album, but under one condition, you let John, John Lennon have more pr- production control of the songs and what goes into them. Because Paul at the time was really demanding, really wanted his own side of the album. John wanted his other side. So there's a lot of tension between the two of them. Um, and George Harrison even said, you could feel like this was going to be One of the final albums that they do. Right. right. So but it turned out to be arguably the greatest album that they ever produced. Yeah.
0: You could make that argument. Um yeah, and the project they did right before this album was called the, you know, the get back sessions. And if you guys haven't watched it yet, now that you're getting into the Beatles thing, it's uh you know, there's a eight hour long documentary on Disney Plus called Get Back that was produced by Peter Jackson, the guy who directed all the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh wow. Um but it's a really fascinating watch because it's them getting together in a film studio and then ultimately their studio at their record company Um, but they were trying to do something that was different from Abbey Road and that they were getting back to their roots they just wanted to play live songs and they were just working on songs together as a band and hoping that this project would end as a film or a tv show with a live performance at the end And uh, there was just so much tension that they had a hard time agreeing on anything and uh, getting it done. So once that project was done, they actually didn't even release it for another year after that. So they felt kind of disillusioned by that project and then went into the studio and started working on Abbey Road, released that, and then Get Back Sessions turned into Let It Be and came out in 1970. So uh, yeah, interesting kind of turn of events, because people sometimes think Let It Be is the last album when in fact Abbey Road was the last one they recorded together. It was really the last one together. yeah, Yeah, so good stuff. So, uh, you guys already started to hit upon this a little bit, but uh, your introduction to uh, this album and the, the Beatles really has been pretty recent. Extremely
1: recent. Um, obviously, I know they're iconic singles of Let It Be, Here Comes the Sun, and Hey Jude, uh, but I've never really sat down and took a deep dive in listening to their albums until really this week. I'd say Alex and I have really sat down and dove into Abbey Road. We dove into another great album, Revolver, and Sgt. Pepper's The White Album.
0: So I would say as recent
1: as last week, we really started to get into these guys, and for good
2: reason. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a, the beginning of a, a long journey, I think.
2: I mean, I, I just started playing guitar, like I mentioned last week, and I'm talking to all these people, these mentors, and they say, like, oh, man, I love playing. The Beatles love playing Here Comes the Sun. And I'm like, oh, that kind of like puts me off. Now you listen to this whole album top to bottom. It's, you know, it it's life-changing. <laughs> like, that's the best way I could describe it. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome.
0: I had a similar experience, you know, 40 plus years ago, when I was a young man, um, and uh, I probably told this story. uh, Mike and I are in uh, class together, so I probably told this story to my uh, students in class. But uh, I, uh, when I was four or five years old, uh, would check out records from our local library in my town, and I uh, checked out a Chipmunks record, (laughs) right? So I took (laughs) that home, and uh, I was enjoying the Chipmunks, and uh, you know, at age five, you can understand why. Yeah. And uh, I had this little portable record player, and I remember I had bunk beds in my room, and I jumped off the top bunk bed, and I hit the record player, and I cracked the Chipmunks record, and I was really upset about that. So Devastated. I took it back to the library. My mom took me back down there, and uh, the guy at the library was really nice. He's like, no problem. We'll just you know, get another Chipmunks record for you or whatever. And I was looking around in the records, and I saw a Beatles record. I'm like, let me get this instead. I'll take this home. And my mom's like, I don't think that's what... You want, that's not the chipmunks. This is something different. I'm like, no, 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 I want this Beatles record. So I took home a Beatles record at age five from the library and started listening to it, and it just, like, changed my life. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard and just went down the <laughs> rabbit hole from there. It's <laughs> like yeah. so us this week. Yeah, yeah. honestly, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the thing that was different for me back in 1978 when this happened was that – um I didn't have Spotify, I didn't have YouTube, I didn't have anything. So I just listened to that same record over and over and over again because that was all I had. And then I started asking uh, my parents to buy me Beatles records, and then I asked all my aunts and uncles, I'm like, do you have Beatles records? Can I have them? And my uncle gave me a couple records. um, And uh, that was like the most exciting thing in the world. He gave me a copy of Revolver, Rubber Soul, and Magical Mystery Tour. So those are the couple that I got. And then I think I got Abbey Road maybe... uh, couple of years after that in the early 80s someone gave it to me as a christmas present um and i still have that same copy of Abbey Road on vinyl that my, my i think my aunt bought for me for christmas one year so that's yeah. awesome every yeah. time i'd get a new record it was just like yeah diving into it and i would sit and listen to the radio waiting for Beatles songs to come on so i could <laughs> i could hear them because i didn't have any spotify or anything back then so i'm yeah. like i'm like an antique you know yeah so, but uh yeah so um yeah, this is cool because you guys are new to uh diving into this and i've probably listened to this album literally hundreds of times so uh it's cool to compare our uh, points of view on this and kind of dive in yeah so uh why don't we start um we usually what we do here on epic albums we pick our top three songs on the album and uh kind of start uh digging in and seeing what we think so this week, we had a lot of different opinions. Uh, yeah, a lot. A lot you, of different usually
1: opinions. Usually, Greg and I, even Alex last week, we're all pretty similar in terms of like our lists. This week, we're all over the place. I'm not we gonna, are. We are. We are. Yeah.
0: So, um, I think we're going to start with your number three. Yes. Which is a Paul McCartney song.
1: It is a Paul McCartney song, um, Oh Darling. Great uh, tune. Great Paul's tune. Paul's song, he wrote it, uh, sang lead vocal on it. Um, I just love this song. It was definitely... It was that, or we talked about, we kind of grouped two songs together, because I had those two group songs as their own separate individual songs, but we came to agreement that they're basically the same song. We'll get into them when yep they're yep. they're on the list. The we'll medleys on yes, the second side. The medleys, we yes. agreed that the medleys are right, just one song. So I said, Oh Darling is my number three. It's just a great song, and it's one that you felt like, this. this was Paul's... It was just Paul's bloop. Everything was, yeah. This is in my top this five.
0: Way. This was in my honorable mentions. And if you watch that, if you get around to it, once you guys, I'll give you a couple months to really get your Beatles thing going on. But if you get into that uh, Disney Plus documentary, The Get Back thing, um, a lot of the songs on Abbey Road, they tested out during that. So you get to see them like playing these songs as a band for the first time, just kind of like noodling on them and trying to figure them out. And um, there's an early version of Oh Darling in the Get Back sessions where they're just kind of working out the song. That's really cool. cool.
1: Um,
0: And the story about this song was that Paul um, really wanted that aggressive, like gritty vocal on this. So they recorded all the instrumentation and then he went into the studio before anybody else got there. He would go first because he lived real close to the studio and he would just walk down there and for a few days... He would record the lead vocal on this and every day he was just trying to like work on it, work on it, work on it and get until it was like gritty where his voice was like, you know, really raw on the song. Yeah. And that's what he achieved on this amazing lead vocal.
1: Oh, yeah. No, this is his vocals on this one were really good. Yeah. That's why I love this one.
0: Oh, Darling from Abbey Road. Alex made an interesting observation about that song. What, what did that song remind you of?
2: Uh, it reminded me of the, the scene from Back to the Future, the Under the Sea dance, the enchantment dance, uh, where
0: they're playing, what was it We said it? I, I Earth Angel. Earth Angel. It, it kind of has that same kind of beat to it with yeah. the keyboard. It does have like a 50s rock kind of throwback with the, the piano part. And yeah, yeah. it definitely has like a updated rock version feel of that. Paul's vocal on that, like we said before, he's just screaming that in the... The guitar parts on that are really cool. Great tune. Good choice for number three. Yes, thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's keep going here. My uh, number three song, I, I am an, an unapologetically a huge Paul McCartney fan. He's my not only my favorite Beatle, but he's probably my favorite artist of all time. Um, so I tend to lean towards the uh, Paul material a little bit. But um, Abbey Road was really known for um, what you were talking about earlier, Mike, how it, Side One kind of was focused on like these singular yeah. songs with a little bit of a rock vibe to it. And then side two has that sort of like turns into orchestral yeah, rock kind yes, of thing with the medleys yes. and the songs all blending together and everything. That was really Paul's concept. I think John was a little bit resistant to it, but uh, he contributed quite a few songs to the medley on the, the second side. Um, but my number three song on here is the uh, first song on the long medley, which is a, a Paul tune called You Never Give Me Your Money, which um, I just love the... Uh, arrangement on it, and um, there's a lot of great guitar playing on it, great vocals from Paul, um, mm-hmm. and just the ending part with the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all good children go to heaven part, and that really cool guitar part. I just think it's a really neat uh, no, McCartney song yeah. um, that kicks off an amazing uh, medley of stuff on the uh, side, too. <laughs> it is. You Never Give Me Your Money. Go on. Abbey Road is our epic album. It's a tasty uh, Tasty tasty track there. Yeah. That uh, flows right into uh, Sun King that we didn't talk about, but that's a really cool mellow Lennon song that keeps that medley going there. Um, So we're moving on to uh, number twos now. So we've hit the number threes, and we actually skipped over Alex's number three because we're going to hit that in one of our number ones. But let's uh, cycle back to... uh, You're number two, Alex. So my number two is Come Together.
2: Uh, Very notable song. Very recognizable. I love the simplicity of the rhythm and the vocals. I love that choppy style that they have going on the entire song. It's got two nice guitar solos in there. You know, fits me pretty well. And um, I've been listening to it for a very long time. You know, we just listened to his album this week. But I feel like me and Mike, although we didn't appreciate the Beatles before this, probably listened to this song, you know, a dozen times, two, three dozen times. Yeah.
0: So one of the things I would recommend is now that you've digested this song and and you really like it a lot is to look uh, if it's probably on Spotify, but they put out a bunch of uh, anthology discs um, of Beatles material in the mid 90s. So there was a long documentary called The Beatles Anthology. There was like nine DVDs of uh, documentary and they put out three um, double CDs to go with it: anthology one, two and three. And it has. All kinds of session outtakes, live performances, and stuff that wasn't on the initial releases. Um, and there's a really cool version, an earlier version of uh, Come Together on there, where you can kind of hear how they created some of the sounds on there. So that the beginning with the really cool bass and the drum part that Ringo's playing, there's that sound that sort of sounds like a clicking sound at the beginning. Um, is actually John Lennon clapping with a delay that like makes it echo. So that kind of thing. At that's the really interesting. Yeah, uh, It's John Whoa. clapping and then he's whispering, shoot me in the microphone. So he's going, shoot me at the beginning. So listen to the anthology thing and you'll hear that. You'll that's like, crazy. Wow, this is cool. That beginning, that's like a really iconic part. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy
2: John
1: John to know. That's
0: shoot me. Yep. Wow. Like, that's, yep.
1: Listen, Greg, he just knows. He's, Greg just, just knows. knows. <laughs> that's what he's here for. This, <laughs> this is what he does, man. Yep. This is what he does. I've
0: been listening to the Beatles for so long now. And there's lots of people like me. Beatles nerds, I'm definitely one of them. Track one from Abbey Road. John Lennon's come together there. Alex is number two favorite tune. Good mm-hmm. one. Thanks for that choice. You're welcome. I, listen, I, I bet everybody
2: listening in right now enjoyed that one as well. Probably knew about possibly even sang along. Yep. Definitely.
1: I hope so. Yeah. Uh,
0: the other thing you guys should explore, I think we've talked about this before, and I'm not a huge fan of, of this band, but um, Aerosmith has an interesting cover of that song. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, they did it. I think it was in the late 70s, there was a a film adaptation of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts called Band that starred Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees, which is kind of universally um, dismissed as uh, like a terrible project. Yeah. Uh, But it had a couple of cool uh, covers in it. The Aerosmith one is uh, one example. And then there's a a version of Got to Get You Into My Life by Earth, Wind & Fire on that album. That's uh, pretty cool. If you haven't heard that, too, it's worth listening to. So, yeah. Um, Mike. What do you got? So Greg and I have this as our two.
1: It's Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, the medley on the back, the B side of the album. Um, so the first part is Golden Slumbers, um, and which is crazy about this song is um, it comes from a poem called The Cradle Song uh, from a play called Passion Grissel. Uh, so Paul was at his home at Liverpool at the time. He saw sheet music for it. And we talked about this during the break that the Beatles didn't know how to read or really write sheet music. They kind of just played by ear, and right, right. which is fascinating. I mean, how I mean, you hear their incredible songs and what they've done. I mean, it's just fascinating to me. Um, he, so he decided to take the words from this poem, and he made his own music with it. He changed the words around, and, you know, it's now an incredible song and part of this great medley. And carry that weight. I was doing a re- little recon on that. You know, that's what I do here. Um, they said the lyrics... Um, really talked about how, even though they were, were breaking apart at that time, and probably going to go do their individual stuff, none of their achievements would be the same unless they all did it together. Pretty much carrying the weight of them being former Beatles, that what they did together will always be right, great. Some they, of the strife and hardship
0: at the yes. end of the Beatles relationship is uh, yeah. kind of in those lyrics, for sure. Absolutely. Yep.
1: I mean, Lennon said McCartney was singing about all of us. He was singing about all the stuff that we have done together.
0: Yeah, so very, and then that yeah. that flows into the end, which is an amazing uh, piece of music, also with uh, Ringo's only drum solo <laughs> in the entire Beatles catalog. I want
1: right? to say Ringo's star. I know, I Starr, I know we, we talked about you know Lennon and you know Paul and George. Ringo's an incredible drummer, incredible musician Absolutely. in his own right. Yep, yep. You know, he gets that, a,
0: a ton of flack from people who say that he wasn't a good drummer, but um, he had. You know feel and uh he was super consistent and just played like exactly what needed to be played when it needed to be played he didn't overplay
1: no he understood what he had to do yeah absolutely
0: he was a great musician and he had a feel that um you know made the beatles sound what it was that was he was an integral part of that so yeah he's great addition um the end um another mccartney tune um i love this because it kind of like caps the album it sort of like finishes off the album and I, there's a review of this record in an old rolling stone record guide that i remember reading when i was a kid that um you know that carry that weight the end um is kind of the end of the last beatles album and mm-hmm. they kind of they said you know and at the end of abbey road paul mccartney and the beatles neatly cap off an entire era of rock music with and in the end, the love you make is a sequel to the love you take. I was just thought that was kind of cool. This is like their final statement on their that, final album. And that's, that's what just it just felt like. Wow. like. Yeah. yeah,
1: I agree. That's what it felt like. They were kind of basically just. It's like a send off of the group. And yeah, and, and they've done.
0: And in addition to Ringo's uh, drum solo in there, um, if you guys didn't know, the guitar solo in the end is all three. Uh, Beatles playing. It's, it starts with Paul playing, and then George plays, and then John plays, and they trade off solos in that whole thing. So it's like a little section of Paul, a little section of George, a little section of John, all jamming together on the, the lead guitar, so it's awesome. Golden Slumbers, Whew. carry that weight in the end, yes. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing capper to the album. And actually, there's the little bonus track at the end, the little Paul McCartney, ditty, Her Majesty, that closes yeah. out the album at the very end. But um, That was awesome. <laughs> here, at the very end of that song, oh, yeah. um, some of the strings and the horns that come in. And you mentioned uh, George Martin um, up at the top, who was their producer, who... Um, if you do some reading and research on him, he was obviously an integral part of what they did too because you mentioned that they weren't trained musicians no. and they didn't write sheet music or scores and that kind of thing and that's where George Martin stepped in when they wanted to do certain things. Um, you know, he, like the strings and the horns and stuff on that song, he actually wrote that stuff out and orchestrated the uh, strings and the horns and everything to help them put that stuff on the albums. Um, so he was an integral part of that. In the early mm. days, he helped them kind of form their sound and... Um, yeah, so he played a big yeah. role. He could certainly yeah.
1: be the fifth Beatle of the yes. group. So. I just
0: started listening to a podcast um, that I think was called Producing the Beatles, where this guy did a handful of episodes of a podcast just focusing on what George Martin did on certain Beatles songs. It's really interesting if you yeah. come across a good podcast. So uh, here we are. So we got through our uh, threes and our twos, and so now we're at the uh, number one song, our favorite songs on this album. We all have a different one. I was going
1: to say, all three different ones, which is awesome. Before
0: we move on, I like that. that, The song, the medley we just listened to, we
2: listened to the album a couple times this week. I'd say by the third time, we realized that those last couple songs weren't, because we said, oh, I really like that these songs were only about a minute and a half long. This is nice. And then third time through, we were like, Oh, so it's all one song, just <laughs> broken up into three pieces, yeah, so that and like that, now we know, and we just it's listen really to, we just minute, listen to them all people yeah. listening, we just listen to all three different songs they recorded on this album, but it's really all supposed to be one it's yep. really a yep. three
1: minute song, just different titles that's really what it is, just different segments, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and some of it they edited together, like uh, you never give me your money, they edited Sun King onto that, but there was a couple that they played together, and we'll talk about that later, but like golden slumbers and carry that weight. I think they actually played those two songs back to back and then okay. added the opening. Probably put to a split in stuff. the middle. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. All right. So uh, Alex, let's start with you. What is your top song on Abbey Road now that you're deep into the uh He's deep. He's listening. a
1: Beatle. He's a Beatle now.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so my one is gonna be something.
2: And I'm a big fan of Pink Floyd. I like that psychedelic blues kind of thing. And they got that kind of thing going on here. You know, they crank it up a little bit, you know, bring the energy up intermittently through the song. They got some really great licks and solos in there. Um, First time listening through, I said it was my one right away. Mike didn't agree with me. And then over time, we kind of said, you know, this song's really good. So, um, so I'm excited to listen to it here in the studio. I, I wish I had facts like Michael, but um, I'm right. just I'm just a guy who just listens
0: to it and says, you know, says a, it how it
1: is. I bring the I, I bring the science into it. That's what I do. Yeah, the scientist. Yeah. Well, so this
0: is George Harrison's song, as you know, and um, it is, yeah, yeah um, George's first song in the Beatles that was released as the A side of a single. So this was the only single that George got in the history of the Beatles, and it was a number one hit, um, big big hit um and a funny story uh, mike is a big sinatra fan i love him and sinatra used to do a cover of this and there's a funny joke about how on stage uh, one time sinatra said uh, i'm gonna play a song now called something the greatest lennon mccartney song ever written and it wasn't even written by them it was a george song i'm sure that made george really happy
1: yeah he was <laughs> he was feeling good about that
0: one um yeah and george uh, in the early days of the beatles was uh he was a good lead guitar player he played kind of like a picking countryish kind of Chet Atkins type of style on a lot of the early stuff and he evolved as an artist and by Abbey Road you can hear some of the things that he's playing his guitar playing is just exceptional and this is a great example the leads he plays on this are just fabulous Two George Harrison songs in the number one slot amongst the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another interesting part of the uh, Get Back Sessions piece, uh, if you watch that Disney Plus movie, is uh, there's a segment where the producers who are making the film put a microphone in the lunchroom when John and Paul were having a conversation after George like quit for a week. And the two of them were kind of talking about, you know, what do we do? Do we go over to George's house, try to get him to come back? um and they were kind of talking about how they had controlled the band for the most part because they were the two like famous songwriters and they were kind of saying yeah you know george songs have been you know not as good as ours and everything and <laughs> but afterwards uh after abbey road uh, you know paul was kind of saying george definitely came into his own and you know these two songs were two of the greatest songs on this album and they didn't you know, maybe give him as much credit as he is, he deserved. Not, no,
1: definitely, not. definitely I, I, not. I
0: think that's even important to highlight. You got, you know, Ringo, who's kind
2: of like the jester of the group. You know, everyone kind of always said, you know, made fun of him. And then you had Paul and John, who were, who were, like you said, the main songwriters. I think George kind of takes a back seat. I mean, we got, think about how many songs I was going to ask,
1: too, is how severely underrated was George Harrison to that group? I think he... Unsung it, hero. I think he's as good as John and... Paul were in
0: terms of songwriting and playing, but... Yeah, he just uh, kind of got you know going a little bit later than them. Yeah. But uh, I love a lot of George's songs, and we, we were talking a little bit about some of George's solo work um, yeah, and love, the album yeah. he did after Abbey Road on his own, the All Things Must Pass album. Awesome. You'll have to dig into that whole thing. That's an excellent record, too. But uh, one last thing about something. Um, George uh, was married to a, a woman that he met on the set of the Beatles' first movie called A Hard Day's Night. Um, she was a model and played a role in the, the movie. Her name was Patty Boyd, and uh, he married her, uh, I think, a year after that movie was made. And this song is like a love song to her. Oh, okay. And then shortly after this... Um, Eric Clapton fell in love with uh, Patty, and George and Patty got divorced, and she married Eric Clapton. And, and wow. I believe Eric Clapton wrote Wonderful Tonight for the same woman. That is correct. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> look correct. at
2: that. That's unbelievable.
0: So crazy. Is, uh, love, yeah. triangle love Triangle. Love Triangle,
1: but two incredible songs have come from it, though. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible as it is. I, I told you this about a year ago I at think our house. I did. It's funny because yeah. yeah. he told me that. I said, that's crazy. I mean, obviously, Wonderful
0: Tonight. And throughout the whole thing, Eric Donald Clapton and George song. Harrison somehow remained friends and were still very close despite all of that stuff, so it's pretty crazy. That's crazy. So, uh, Mike, let's hit your number one. What's your number one song on Abbey Road? Um, so I thought we were, are we doing, so we could do mine. I thought we were doing yours Let's next. do, uh, oh, that's right. Let's do mine, because... Because uh,
1: I think the number one for me, the iconicism... Yes, we'll end with that. why. Yes, I feel like yes. that would make sense.
0: So mine is kind of uh, a little weird. So I, um, I was telling these guys in the studio when uh, I uh, announced what my favorite part of Abbey Road is, Um, and I picked, uh, two songs that I'm kind of combining as one. And they actually did record these two songs together, although they're part of the medley on the second side. Um, and, uh, I get to this point on this album and for some reason it's a John song and a Paul song, polythene Pam, and she came in through the bathroom window. This is just the, like, apex of this album for me. I love the combination of the John and Paul songs mixed together together. Um, there's some awesome guitar playing in this, um, the little guitar riff on Polythene Pam, and then Paul's vocal on She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, some background vocals in there, they're super tasty. Um, I just love this, my, my high point of Abby Road. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That is my tune. I love uh, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. Um, that one also um, is a tune that uh, they were workshopping uh, during the get-back sessions, and there's a cool version of them playing She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. It's a lot slower, and it's kind of got like this like slow vibe to it. Uh, pretty cool. Uh So here we are. Mike, we're going to... Hit with yeah. uh, your number one song, and uh, we were talking a little bit about how this is, uh, if you look on Spotify, this is the most streamed Beatles song of any of uh, their yeah. tracks. Probably got like a, over a billion streams or something, right? Yeah. No, it's, I think it's close to a, I think it's like 970 million when I checked yeah. this yeah.
1: morning. Um, but yeah, nah. So for me, without a doubt, it's Here Comes the Sun, uh, another George Harrison song. Um, so Harrison, we talked about it during the break, but he wrote this song at another incredible musician's house eric clapton um, in 1969 it was during the time where he quit the band for a week he you know wasn't showing up to meetings and he wrote the song at his house and he wrote it based upon you know the excitement of arrival of spring like here comes the sun but also the current affairs of the band everything that was going on at the time Um, it reached number three of the u.s billboard top 100 Um, and it's probably i'd say widely regarded as harrison's at that time, didn't get the reception that it, it gets today, but I would say arguably probably his most, his most well-known song that he contributed to the band, Yeah, I would yeah. say, or the, yeah, the most well-known for sure. Um, and it's kind of cool if you think about it, because each, right, we talk about you know McCartney and Lennon, you can't separate the two. They're two of the greatest songwriters and musicians, a duo musicians of all time. We kind of forget about George a little bit. Not forget, but he, he doesn't get as much love as he deserves. Yet, yet his song is the most streamed Yeah, the, his the song catalog. is the most yeah. streamed And you think about it, Lennon went on to do his own thing He had his own incredible song Imagine Paul McCartney did Let It Be It was nice to see George have his own Incredible song that was really his own And Here Comes the Sun Yeah, um, yeah Iconic song, feel-good song You've definitely heard it in movies, shows, commercials Feel-good playlists I just, it's probably, probably My all-time favorite Beatles song
2: the sun Here comes the sun It's alright
0: That's a great track. Great I love track, it. No doubt. Love it. Abbey Road, glad you guys uh, are diving into the Beatles and becoming fans. That was super exciting for me. I was... Uh, Last weekend, I was doing stuff at home, and Mike's texting me saying, Greg, <laughs> we've we've converted. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Beatles <laughs> we're fans guys. now. We're Beatles fans. I was guys. like, man, that just made my week. That's yeah. great. That's great. So uh, usually what we do here, and you guys are still early in your uh, Beatles exploration, mm-hmm. um, and I'm 50 years in, like I said. So I, I was saying to these guys, not long ago, one of my friends asked me to uh, rank the Beatles albums in order of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so I've done that. Um and I can tell you what that is, but I'm just curious. We usually rank this in the context of the catalog. So yeah. of what you guys have heard so far, how are you feeling about Abbey Road compared to some of the other Beatles records you're listening to? Uh, um, I mean, me down. and me and Mike, we have differing opinions on our top
2: two. I think universally, we've only listened to three albums. We've listened to this one, Revolver, and Sgt. Pepper. I think Sgt. Pepper, for both of us, is probably going to be at the bottom of our list. not saying it's not a bad album, but I like... I do like this album a little bit more than Revolver, though. I'm going to put it this. I think this is my
0: favorite Beatles album so far. But but Revolver is another great one. Yeah. My buddy who I did this with, Abbey Road was his top album, too. So it's a great album. So
1: this is tough. It's so tough because, I mean, the three albums we've listened to, three great albums, Sgt. Pepper's and, you know, obviously Revolver and Abbey Road. I would say for me, I'd put this where we have our difference. I put Revolver as my favorite album so far we've listened to. Abbey Road is second, and then Sergeant Peppers is three. um I just- I think the songs are Revolver I mean Eleanor Rigby, and you know got to get you Into my life and I hear there and everywhere I love that song too yeah, there's yeah. a lot, and for no i I just could keep going on with the catalog, but for me, I think Revolver has more songs that I enjoyed to listen to more, just as a Paul McCartney fan wrote. too.
0: I have to note that all of the songs you mentioned from Revolver thus far were Paul McCartney songs, but yeah, it makes sense feels <laughs>
1: yeah, makes sense, yeah
0: um. So, uh, my list, um, Revolver is my number one. That's been my favorite album since I was a kid. I mentioned earlier in the, the show that uh, I got some of my uncle's records, and he gave me a copy of Revolver, and it just, like, was life-changing for me. So, that's still yeah. my number one. And uh, Sgt. Pepper is my number two of the whole Beatles wow. catalog. I love Sgt. Pepper. And Abbey Road is my three. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, it's this is when you start to get into you know it's, i can even compare these albums yeah no
2: like i mean we we're talking before the session you said you know ask me a couple months down yeah. the road and, and maybe, maybe probably i'll change be my different. mind yeah. it'll
0: change yeah. yeah but uh great great stuff so this has been fun uh getting into the beatles with you guys getting some new fresh perspective on something that i've been listening to for 40 some years <laughs> um So now, at the end of each episode, we just look back at everything we've listened to. Um, This is going to continue to get harder and harder to do. It's going to be really tough. This is fun. This is tough. So far, we've listened to uh, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. We listened to Pet Sounds by The Beach Boys. We listened to 1984 by Van Halen. We listened to Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Uh, Who's Next by The Who and Abbey Road by The Beatles so
1: all great albums i mean talk about yes. good picks by you know i'm not gonna say who it was but it might have been me who made these picks on these albums so yep. i'm gonna, give, so I'm gonna far, give myself a pat on the back you're the music
0: bit. director on I, this program I,
1: I am i am um should i start it off should i get this yes. going yes <sighs> okay this is tough because it, like i said every album on here i love love every single one of these artists so it's tough to pick i break them over each other so i'll start from the bottom i should say the bottom but like by the album that is uh, bottom of the list for me, I guess. So I would say, I said this last week, I said Van Halen 1984 for me is still, I think, would it be six now or five? I mean, it would be six. Uh, Six. Yep. So six. Okay. Then we get to five. I would probably say Tom Petty, full moon fever is five. Okay. Then four, I would say, who's next? The who? Three, I would say, Abbey road, Two Born to Run and then Pet Sounds.
0: So you still have uh, Pet Sounds at I one. I still have P- Pet Sounds is my all time yep. favorite album. So you've would, got Pet I Sounds would, at one. Yeah, without a doubt. Born to Run at two. Yes. And what was your three? Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Wow, it's coming in, coming in hot up the chart. I, I think the same thing's gonna be for me in a second here. Um,
2: I'm gonna start at the bottom like Mike did. Uh, Pet Sounds. It's just not my kind of my kind of thing to listen Fair to. Fair enough. Yep. Um, Crazy and, contrast And then next one too. At the five spot uh, I'm, I'm going to put The Who's Next album Not because I don't enjoy it It's just Out of everything else On this list It's just what I would Listen to You know In, in that spot Four is going to be The Full Moon Fever album Three Now I'm a little Conflicted here I, I want to put not, I think I'm going to put 1984 here And I think I'm going to Give Abbey Road The Bump to two Wow And then That's how Springsteen, much Influence Yeah, yeah Springsteen Man. Born to Run I'm, It's going to be tough To beat that album
0: for me Yeah Definitely Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, I'll start at the bottom up. This is kind of crazy because my list here is... This is hard because all these albums are amazing. And I have Tom Petty at the bottom right now. And I'm an enormous Tom Petty fan. And Full Moon Fever was like a huge album in my life. And I love it. I've got that at six. And I've got 1984 (laughs) at five. And the only reason I have 1984 above that is just over the last few years, I've just... That album pumps me up so much. Full Moon Fever is like kind of a little bit more mellow, slow burn for me, but they're pretty equal. But uh, so I've got Full Moon Fever 6, 1984 at five. My number four is Born to Run. Uh, Pet Sounds is my three. Who's next is my two, and Abbey Road is my one right now on this list. So Under- yeah. hey, that's it's hard to beat the Beatles for me. Yeah,
2: I, I, it's hard to beat them for me. I mean, listen, I put them right up <laughs> yeah, to my two. My, my top three. three
1: already. I mean, <laughs> after one week, that's how. Yeah,
0: awesome, awesome. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get back to, in the future, we'll hit some more Beatles later on. But we've got lots of uh, good stuff to got some more cover to and cover, do here yeah. on Epic Albums. Um, so uh, you're on deck, for. The next. I album. think we're
1: going back. Are we going to the 80s? I think, I think we are.
0: So yeah, we okay. did uh, 60s this week. Uh, we did 70s last week, right? So did I think we, we're going we back, back next? to the 80s. So we're going back to the 80s. Could yeah. be
1: a could be the shirt sure to wear it right now. Other album could be a, a different band from 87. Yeah. I'll give a little hint to next week. A little, little
0: clue. All right. Yeah, you know, right. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll keep it a secret and yeah. uh, make sure you join us for the uh, next uh, episode.